now connecting you to the College Sports Connection Podcast. Welcome back to the College Sports Connection Podcast. I'm your host, Alex the Captain. Joining me, as always, AJ the Guru. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back, AJ. We had a quite a bit of a break here. We didn't do much recording the last couple of weeks with me taking my trip to Vegas, some computer issues, but I think now we're back on track, gearing up for college football, some Major League Baseball, and some other stuff. Yeah, it seems like everything's starting to fall back into place now, and it's funny because when I mean, you were on just on vacation, I leave for vacation in two weeks. So we're getting all this stuff out of the way. That's going to be a good time for sure. I'm very glad that we are getting our sports back. Slow and steady, I think, is the is the key, but it's it's happening. So I think Absolutely. everybody out there is very thankful. Mm-hmm. We're uh, starting to see some sense of normalcy now. Yes, well, exactly, and I think that's the key is – you know, it's starting to almost feel like a summer now. I mean, we've got baseball. The players all reported today uh, they, yep. at their home stadiums. And in 22 days, we'll have opening day. Yeah. Now, with that, are they playing at their home stadiums or are they playing out in Arizona? So they are all, from what I understood, the teams are all reporting back to their home stadiums for spring right. training. And then they are they are playing at their home stadiums with no fans. Okay. One of the teams I, 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 I knew they were reporting to their home stadiums. So I wasn't sure if that was just going to be like a, a spring training thing, and then they're going to head up back out west or what? Right. So yeah, it looks like they're going to be playing everything at home, which I thought was really cool. Uh, one of the teams, I believe it's Oakland Athletics, is doing a. Uh, something where the fans can buy a cardboard cutout of themselves. Like they pay, you know, whatever. And then if they get hit, if that cardboard cutout gets hit by a foul ball, they'll mail you the foul ball or whatever. Yeah. I saw that. And I believe it was like EPL soccer did something similar to that too. Yeah. Well, cause yeah. Cause they had somebody paid for a Kobe one or maybe it was the team who paid for the Kobe one. Cause yeah. he was a big soccer fan. So I thought that was super cool. Yeah. I did see that. That, that would be cool though. It's a great way to make a few bucks here and there too. Yeah, I mean, make up for some of that fan revenue, that's for sure. Absolutely. So yeah, man, I am super pumped baseball back. For those who don't know, I'm a big Cincinnati Reds fan. Terribly optimistic Cincinnati Reds fan. And AJ here is a Cleveland Indians fan. And yes. they've had a little more success in recent history than the the Reds have. Just a little bit. Uh, <laughs> you know, we've obviously Minnesota starting to play well in the division. But here we go. I, we actually, I shared this with you a couple of days, uh, about last week or so. It's the mm-hmm. Indian 60 game schedule. They're going to play 40 games in the division. So yep. that's the White Sox, Tigers, Royals, Twins. And they're going to mm-hmm. play 20 games against the NL Central. So yep. they've got 20 games between the Cubs, Reds, Brewers, Pirates, and Cardinals. Yeah. That's going to be a lot of fun. I wish, I wish we could go to these games because obviously Chicago's not far for me. Since he's right. not far for me, I've always wanted to go to PNC Park in Pittsburgh. Milwaukee's yeah. a five-hour drive, and St. Louis is 
six or seven, but I have family out there, so I can make that into a long weekend. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, absolutely. And, it, and the schedule works out well too, because in the sense the tribe don't have to travel very far. I mean, they've traveled to Minnesota; it's probably the furthest they have to travel. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, looking at that schedule, you've got the tribe have to travel to Minnesota. St. Louis might be just as long, maybe just yeah, because they're flying, long. right? I mean, yeah. I would imagine they would fly. Yeah, but, and that's if they play. That's if they play at at St. Louis too. True. Well, I and that's what I expect. Is I expect that you know for those because they're playing twenty games against the NL yeah. Central, so they're the twenty gonna games have a, five by five. Yeah. Yeah. So you know they're gonna have four games against the Reds, four games against, you know, each divisional opponent, I would imagine they're just going to do a, a four-game series at those stadiums. Mm-hmm. And, you know, no yeah. back and forth just to eliminate anything that could be happening. Yeah, so that, that schedule did look interesting because it, it, was, it will be fun to play some of those teams. So you don't get to usually play. Well, yeah, I mean, and it's I like that they're doing the whole geographic thing. That's kind of mm-hmm. cool. Makes it easier for for them for, obviously, travel purposes, saves them a little bit of cash. But it also, as fans, I, I think it'll be interesting to see if they do any blackout restrictions with like MLB at bat. I can if if I'm MLB at bat and I'm and I'm that subscription service, I think you throw the fans a bone and you have zero blackout games because it's not like the fans can go anyway. There's no going to these games, right? It's, and you know, there's no option. The, <laughs> right. Speaking of the blackout too, I was watching it with the Indy 500 because the Indy 500 there's a blackout on it in Indianapolis while the race is going on. So no you can't watch way. it on regular TV. You have to watch it that night. And so mm-hmm. even with the Indy 500 being pushed back and they're mm-hmm. only going to be allowing X amount of fans into the race, there's still going to be a blackout on it in, it in Indy in the surrounding area. Wow. So NBC WTHR down there carries it. So there's always a blackout. And so people, if you go to the race, you usually record it on your DVR that you go home and watch it. But if you're mm-hmm. at home during the race, you usually listen to it on the radio. Huh. So, yeah, it's never made any sense. But no, not at all. I mean, it's you know, because not everybody can afford those tickets, and no. you know, you could be a lifelong fan and not get the chance to see them play just because the blackout restrictions or whatever. And I think I get it for some reasons if the stadium isn't full, but like, come on, throw people a bone. Side note: spend the money and go to the 500. Sometime it's fantastic. Okay. I'll uh, I will keep. Uh, I've, keep I've been mind. twice. I went okay. to the I went to the 99th and 100th, and it was an absolute blast. Okay, for sure. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. That's something that's I guess on my sports bucket list. I think I'm I'm pretty sure every sports fan ever has a sports bucket list, but that's definitely mm-hmm. one of them that is on my bucket list. Yeah, it's an absolute blast. Now, granted, it's hot as could be the middle mm-hmm. of the end of May. <laughs> now it's going to be in August. So it's going to be even hotter. And right. So. There's no shade around the speedway. The only shade's under the grandstands, and that's yeah. just as hot because there's no airflow. Uh, right. But to get, on, <laughs> get on, back on track here, who are the Reds playing? What's their schedule look like? So the Reds obviously have all of their divisional opponents, and then we play everybody in your division. So it's going to oh, be okay. – yeah, because that's – well, and that's the nice thing is both of our teams are in the central division for our respective leagues. So mm-hmm. we're going to have – I mean, we play – our whole our schedules are the same, which is kind of cool. Yeah, so it's I'm. Ex- to, it's easier to keep track of. Well, I'm excited for the, you know, I'm excited for the Reds Indian series. I mm-hmm. think that's going to be a lot of fun. You know, maybe Trevor Bauer will get a chance to start against the Indians. I think that'll be exciting to see. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't follow Trevor Bauer on Twitter, 
please do very yeah just it's worth it just just the commentary that comes from him he's he's so intelligent when it comes to baseball but he's also so snappy and i think that's probably my favorite thing yeah it's not only that but it's also he knows the business he knows mm-hmm. the sport or the, the business of, of baseball and yeah. so he understands that he's not scared he's not scared to challenge anybody on that no and well, and it's so funny. Did it was Kurt Schilling that quit Twitter basically because of him, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Trevor Bauer, you know, sure he's had some ups and downs in his career, but the dude knows exactly what he's talking about. Fan of him or not, it's worth following on Twitter. I yep. I highly recommend it. Absolutely. So you had talked to me about wanting to discuss some quarterback battles going on this yeah. fall. So I'll let you go yeah, ahead with, and kind of kick that off for us. Yeah, with college football guys reporting here last – was it last week? Uh, it was yeah, I think it was, was last week. I don't have a sense of time anymore. I don't know when it is. but there They are reported of, at some point. <laughs> yeah, so, some point in the last two weeks. With these guys reporting, there's going to be a lot of battles coming up here, and there's a lot of notable quarterback battles in college mm-hmm. football this year. And let's start with Alabama with yep. Tua leaving going to the NFL. Uh, the candidates right now are Mac Jones, which I think he'll probably get it having him started the final uh, end of the year last year when Tua went out. Mm-hmm. But, of course, on this list, Tua's brother was on here, but he's transferred to Maryland, so he's no longer. Was it the- Maryland or was it all- – yeah, it was Maryland, wasn't it? It was Maryland because his offensive coordinator went to Maryland. That's right, yep. Yep. So Alabama right now, the candidates right now are Mac Jones, Bryce Young, Paul Tyson. Mac Jones is a redshirt junior. Bryce Young is a freshman, and Paul Tyson is a redshirt freshman as well. I highly doubt Alabama starts a freshman at quarterback uh, going into this year's. And Mac Jones has the experience having played the last, what, three or four games of the regular season last year, including the bowl game. Well, so, exactly. And I, well, for me, I think that's, that's the key right here is, one, Mac Jones already has the experience, you know, after mm-hmm. he took over in the, the LSU – was it the LSU game? No, it was uh, Mississippi, State. Mississippi State. Yeah. So after he took over in the Mississippi State game, I mean, he's got the experience. He had a great bowl game, you know, against Michigan. Played really, really well against that Michigan secondary. And then I think the other thing is because they didn't have spring ball, all of these battles, they're they're not going to want to take chances to say, oh, well, he has time to grow. No, it's whoever comes out of camp as the clear front runner is going to win it. So I think you're right. I think Mac Jones does take it. That being said, I do think Bryce Young uh, is the second string guy. Mm-hmm. I think Bryce Young just looks so good as a passer, and he's just he's going to compete for the job. But it's it's Mac Jones' job to lose, I think, at this point. I think so too. And you know, honestly, Nick Saban, if something were to happen to Mac Jones week one or week two, and him not play well, he will not hesitate to throw Young in there because yep. week three they played Georgia. Right. And yeah, that's so a big he, one. He's going to want a clear-cut, solid, bona fide quarterback by week three. And if uh, if uh, Jones, is, Jones isn't that guy, and then he mm-hmm. will have no hesitation throwing Young in there and starting against Georgia. Yeah, absolutely. I think, again, like I said, I do believe it's Mac Jones' job to lose. But Mac Jones better be ready to play because you've got Young chomping at the bit. He'll, he'll be competing, yes. Yeah. Next one here, LSU. Joey Burrow goes number one overall in the draft this year. So mm-hmm. it's a wide open uh, competition here. Miles Brennan is a redshirt junior. Peter Parrish, redshirt freshman. Max Johnson, a freshman. And TJ Finley, a freshman. 
lot of a lot of young guys. <laughs> two true freshmen, one red shirt, and then a red shirt junior. Yep. I think so for me, I, I, I look at this something that you have to keep in mind if you're a college football fan and if you pay any semblance of attention to LSU, Miles Brennan lost this job or lost the competition for this job to Joe Burrow a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And I think I mean, he sat behind a now Heisman Trophy winner, a national championship winner. He's learned a lot from Joe Burrow. I think that experience of just being in that system is going to give him the give him the edge. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I just don't see a lot of these guys so far, you know, obviously down this list, we can definitely talk about some of these other schools. But down this list, I just don't really see these SEC guys trusting a freshman without the spring camp i you know we get a lot of these early enrollees who benefit greatly from spring camp they didn't have spring camp this year so you literally are getting them straight out of high school Mm -hmm. and you know i think brennan does i think yeah he obviously is a perennial favorite right now but he johnson will push him to week one and even you know they might not have a bona fide quarterback after week one either you know, I don't know what right. their schedule looks like right now. I haven't looked at it, but you know, some of these teams who are taking off as spring or do not have spring ball, obviously their first game or two are usually cakewalks. So mm-hmm. they'll treat that as their spring game, and they'll get both of these guys in there. They'll they'll battle it out. They'll test it out. They'll see how they are under game man- their game management, their game pressure, things like sure. that. And I think after week two or week three, most of these programs will have their starting mm-hmm. quarterback. Yeah, and I think that's that's the other thing too is you talked about Max Johnson giving him a push. I could absolutely see, you know, the redshirt freshman uh Parrish. I mm-hmm. could really see him kind of pushing a little bit because he's that dual threat. He's also been in the system. Sure, Miles Brennan's been in it a little bit longer, but it's not it's not like Parrish hasn't been involved in the system, hasn't been a practice. No, Parrish understands the system at least somewhat. So I think that with him being a dual threat you throw a completely different look at your mm-hmm. these opposing defenses. And hopefully for LSU, they get a relatively easy early slate. I don't want to say, you know, like an F, F, uh, FCS school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think that you get, you know, something like a Sunbelt team. You know, you get an AAC team, whatever. I think mm-hmm. give him – give these guys the chance to audition in game time too. I think as the defending champions – You've got your defense you can rely on. Your offense will take time to figure out. You don't play Alabama till later in the season. Absolutely. Uh, move on here. This is another interesting one here, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. With uh, Jalen Hurts going out, they don't have a transfer coming in this year. So they've gone from Baker to Kyler to Jalen yep. to a wide open field right now. you got Tanner Mordecai. Mordecai? He's a Mordecai, yeah, I think. Yeah, it looks like that. Uh, Mor- Mordecai. Mordecai? Yeah, Tanner uh, Mordecai. He's a redshirt sophomore. They got Spencer Radler, who's a redshirt freshman, and mm-hmm. Chandler Morris, who's a freshman also. This right. one's interesting because this one is wide open. Yeah, there's nobody in the system really who <laughs> no. who knows what's up. <laughs> no, I mean, and, and now granted, we all know Lincoln Riley is great when it comes to quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, but I really think that this is Radler's job. To, to mm-hmm. win right now because he is he may be younger yes he's a redshirt freshman but i think with his skill set it, it's comparable to J, a jalen hurts style quarterback uh i mean he is a dual threat 
and a, a little Kyler Murray too. Uh, Kyler was more – his game's hard to explain because it just varied week to week. But Jalen mm-hmm. had all the tools. I think he was an all-around better quarterback, and that's kind of where I think Spencer Rattler is here at this point as well as a redshirt freshman. Yeah, I mean, I know that Spencer was pretty highly recruited. What, class of 2019? Yep, he was number one quarterback in the class of 2019. Yeah, so like everybody kind of got to see him, you know, out there and everybody knew his name. And he played a little bit in the Peach Bowl as well. And yeah, I I think you're right. I think this is is his team now, essentially. He's going to be the the face uh, under center leading this offense yeah yeah absolutely yeah. that one would be really interesting to watch i mm-hmm. move on here to oregon with uh justin herbert moving out of the draft being taken last year or this past draft by the uh, la chargers yep we've got uh jay butterfield as a freshman kaylin millen kale miller who's a freshman rusher freshman and robbie ashford who's a freshman mm-hmm. and then we've also got tyler stroh uh who's a redshirt sophomore so the yeah. one thing one, one thing I have noticed with all of these can, the candidates they're all freshmen. Yeah, they are. The, there's no freshmen. contingency plan. <laughs> no, there really isn't. I mean, I know the recruiting classes here, like the elite elite elevens, going on right now, and mm-hmm. so but a lot of these programs are getting young, very young quarterbacks in there, and you know the struggle they're going to have is uh, again no spring ball. So these guys aren't going to see any live action until week one, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's going to put the teams who are going to be relying on a freshman or a sophomore quarterback, the teams who are relying on them, they're going to struggle early on. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I think now I do think it's Tyler Show's uh, job to lose right now because he is the only one coming into Oregon with any kind of playing experience. He did play a little bit last season. I think he had three touchdowns. Uh, but yeah, I just, I, you know, Kale Millen and Jay Butterfield are definitely going to be competitive, but I do think that it's right now it's Tyler's show to lose just because again, he's the only one with experience in that system. Exactly. And this is a position in a team that can't afford to wait till week two or three to find a quarterback because they start the year off with North Dakota state and then Ohio state. Yeah, no, it's a it's a it's a quick transition from NDSU. The I think are they still the reigning one double A champions? I believe so. Yeah, so I mean you've got a perennial power in NDSU, and then you have a a semifinalist in Ohio State from last year. So that game is supposed to be at Oregon, but that just depends on what the governor does out there because they're shutting down. You know, like their governor said no mass crowds. Mm-hmm. So. Who knows what's going to happen there? That's now, yeah, that's going to be nuts. Yeah. So this one really intrigues me. I was talking to a buddy about this earlier. Penn State. Okay. Penn State's going to be fun. Sean, Sean Clifford was a starter last year. He's a redshirt junior. Mm-hmm. Then you had Taekwon Robertson, who's a freshman. Michael Johnson Jr., who's a redshirt freshman. Then you have the redshirt sophomore, Will Let Will Levies. Okay. I truly, truly think Will Levies wins this job. Okay. Yes, Sean Clifford started most of last year. You know, was good, but he wasn't consistent. Will Levies came in and was pretty solid every time he came in and played. He came yeah. in and played uh, against Ohio State for a few plays, and every play was positive. And yeah. So I remember that. That was that was this last fall, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. 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 I think. 
See, and that's the thing is like Penn State's, you know, there's there's a lot of interesting things going on over there. I think that Penn State is kind of in a a little bit of a rebuild this year. Mm-hmm. So they the the one position they need to shore up quickly is the quarterback. And so, you know, I think that Penn State has a lot of potential talent to figure mm-hmm. this out, but it's going to be they got to figure this out quickly if they want to have a shot at the Big 10 championship. And I think Absolutely. right now like you, right now, I think you look at it as a as a fan of the Big Ten, and I know we talk about Big Ten a lot on here. But I think as a fan of the Big Ten, you have Ohio State is the clear number one in the conference, at least you know until somebody can dethrone them. But I think you consistently have Wisconsin and Penn State right up there with them. They're they're just a pinch underneath. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, are here Penn State week two they play Virginia Tech. So that game could be a real test for whoever that starter is to determine their future for the rest of the year. You know, if they come out of that game not playing well, they may see some of the, uh, some of the, uh, the pine. So yeah, that's yeah. They're, they're going to rotate early and often, I think until they figure out who's got the hot hand. Yeah. Here's the next one here. It's kind of interesting too. Tennessee, the volunteers, uh, Brian Maurer, who's a sophomore, TJ Stroud, who's a redshirt sophomore, Harrison, Harrison Bailey, who's a freshman, mm-hmm. and Kazem Hill, who's a transfer redshirt. Then you also what? have Jarrett Guadalantaro. Sure you know, I'm going to say that sounds right. So G U A R A N T A N O. Guarantano. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Works he was a star last year. And so he's supposed to be the guy, but there's some guys, you know, the transfer quarterbacks pretty solid from uh Kaysom hill yeah he, he came from maryland yeah uh, and so he's gonna have he's gonna have a battle and a lot if you haven't noticed too a lot of these quarterback battles are in the sec right now well and that's something that i've noticed that's been really interesting you've got a lot of the sec ones the three big conferences that you see these battles in you've got the pac-12 i think we've got washington and oregon and You've got the Big Ten. You're going to have Penn State, Wisconsin, and uh, we got to, well. We got to talk about Wisconsin. We got to talk about Michigan as well. And then you've got the SEC with their with their plethora of QB battles. So it's going to be a really interesting for the Power Five conferences getting new quarterbacks situated. It really is, and you know, a lot of those guys, like we have mentioned, you know, those first two games are usually cakewalks. They've mm-hmm. got to figure it out quickly. Yeah, because a lot of them aren't cakewalks this time around. No, not at all. And so it should be really interesting to see what the ha- what happens there. But I think Tennessee goes with Jarrett week one. Just yeah. because he, as their starter, he won their bowl game against IU last year. Uh, but he'll mm-hmm. get a run from Kaysom Hill, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think that'll be a really, really good battle over there. But I think you're right. You know, it's his fifth year. He he knows the system better than anybody. They gotta they gotta get the season going quickly, and they gotta build off that momentum since with the bowl game win over Indiana, and I think that's their first winning season since 2016. So they're doing something right. They've got to continue to build on that momentum, and having a little bit of consistency at the quarterback spot is going to be good for them. Absolutely. Here, speaking of Wisconsin, they've got two options: they have yep. Jack Cohn and Graham Mertz. Yep. Uh, Jack Cohen, senior Graham Mertz, uh, redshirt freshman. Jack was the quarterback last year. Uh-huh. Uh, obviously lost in the Big Ten Championship, went to the Rose Bowl. Did they, did they win that Rose Bowl? This year? 
Um, I, will, I, don't I don't think know. they did. I don't think they did either. Um, they they have a history of not winning the Rose Bowl. Right, they they drank a job of losing that game. Uh, but the big thing is, you know, yeah, they lost twenty eight twenty seven to Oregon. Oregon, that's what it was. But the here the thing that really is going to impact this quarterback decision is Jonathan Taylor leaving. Mm-hmm. He was the seventy percent of their offense, probably. Oh, and easily. So, I think Mertz can run the ball. He, he he's a little more dual threat than he's a more dual threat action than what Jack Cohen is. Jack Cohen's a pocket passer. He's going to throw it down the field. That's all he can do. Mm-hmm. And so I think that might be the where Wisconsin's going to need to buff up their offense. Is going to need because obviously there's a once in a lifetime talent in Jonathan Taylor on the backfield. So you're going to have to balance that out with a good running back, but a quarterback who could move out of the pocket too. I think that's what Mertz brings. And I think he's a little more accurate than Cohn as well. Right. No. And I think that's, that's the other thing too is yeah. Cohen, you know, a lot of people kind of labeled Cohen as a quote unquote game manager. I mean, he yeah. had what 18, 19 touchdowns last year, something like that. And for me, you know, they, they relied so much on Jonathan Taylor and it really showed, I mean, they, they won 10 games last year, you know, with a great running game. But I think that, you know, Cohen, he's going to play early, but I think that he is the, it's his job to definitely lose. And I think he'll lose it at some point. I don't think he keeps it. I think maybe week one and two, well, I mean, they can't even really say they got to get going or they can, they can have a lull in week one. They, they've got Indiana week one, start mm-hmm. kicking off big 10 play right away. Follow that up with a uh, Southern Illinois the week after, and then Appalachian state. And then, so the first four weeks, they have two Big Ten games. They play at Michigan at the end of September. They've got two should-be gimme games in the middle, but they need to have it figured out, ready to go on September 4th because they've got Indiana coming to town, and they got to be ready for that game. Indiana's going to be coming in hot, ready to play some football after they're heading to a bowl game last year. So Absolutely. And, you know, speaking of IU, we can talk about them. They're, they're going to have a quarterback decision also because Peyton Ramsey transferred out. Yes, he did, didn't he? So – you know, that's another one that's going to be interesting down there in Bloomington. We can, we can get into that here in a little bit. But another one, too, another big one that a lot of people forgot about is Georgia. Jake Fromm yeah. declared for the draft. Yeah. Justin Fields is going into his second year at Ohio State. Uh, what's Georgia going to do? I believe they have a Wake Forest. They, uh, their quarterback transferred in. Uh, Jamie Newman, he had about 3,400 yards last year and 32 touchdowns. That's okay, uh, yeah. So I think right now it's either going to be him or Carson Beck. See, I I kind of like Carson Beck if I if I'm being honest here. I think that gives them something a little bit different. But I I just I don't know. Like it's so difficult to kind of really say, you know, cuz there's just so many variables with with what's going on for this. And these are two season. guys, you know, who have yeah, obviously Wake Force is in the ACC, and then you got a freshman coming in. You know, th- mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot of SEC-style film on these guys, so no, we don't really know what they're going to get out of them. Right. Come and again, this is one of those situations where spring ball really – I mean, having spring ball really does hurt. Well, and that's, that's, that's why I think that these quarterback competitions are so much more interesting than they have been in years past, especially with these guys who have been enrolling a little bit early. 
I don't think that, or I think that the lack of spring ball is really, really devastating for these players. Absolutely. Um, Another one too, another, well, let's get into your Wolverines. Let's talk about those guys. I believe McCaffrey will get that one because he was supposed to be the Lord and savior when he came into the program. Yep. Then Shea Patterson was supposed to be the Lord and savior and he he wasn't (laughs) worth a damn. So does McCaffrey's time to shine? So I really like Dylan McCaffrey. I really, really like Dylan McCaffrey. I am absolutely intrigued by Joe Milton. This dude, one, he's big, and he's got phenomenal arm strength. His big thing that he's sitting on is very little experience. Mm -hmm. That being said, you look at Michigan football, they've got to figure it out. Again, in camp, they're traveling to Washington week one, and then they've got a peculiar ball state team coming in week two. You know, I don't don't ever, having, having been a fan of both a Big Ten team in Michigan and then a student and a fan of a Mac team in Toledo, you can never overlook Mac programs. If you're a big 10 school, you can never overlook Mac programs if you're any school, but especially if you're big 10, I mean, these are guys you played with in high school guys you played against in high school guys you've known for a long time who are just attending a different program. So Mm -hmm. they're all in your backyard playing the same game you are. So I think, you know, Everybody wants to say, oh, well, they make it through Washington. They'll coast to 3-0 and before Wisconsin. They make it through Washington. I could see a sleeper against Ball State or against Arkansas State. I do think Joe Milton, I would love to see him get it, but I don't think that he will. I do believe it will be Dylan McCaffrey just because he has a little bit more experience. And like you said, it's his time to shine. Yeah, and you know – Speaking of, you know, not slipping on Ball State, Ball State went to Notre Dame and damn near beat him two years ago. Yes, they did. It wasn't for a couple of last, or I think it was like a last 30-second interception. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's really what kind of caused that one. Another Big Ten one that I'm interested in, too, is Iowa. With Nate Stanley being go- – he was there forever, it seemed like. Yeah. Uh, forever. It uh, felt like he was there six years almost. At least. Uh, he went to Minnesota. Uh, but now you got Spencer Petrus and Alex Padula, Padula, yep. uh, who are one and two here. And this is going to be an interesting one also because Iowa does – they like a quarterback who can throw the ball. Mm-hmm. They've been that way ever since Ferris took over 20 years ago. All of their quarterbacks have been throw first. And right. so, yeah, I'm, and you're reading some articles on it right here, and the first thing it says, it's going to be weird not seeing Nate Stanley under center for the Hawkeyes. <laughs> He's been the yeah. QB one the past few seasons, so it's time to say goodbye. And right. so, yeah. And uh, Spencer Petrus was a former Oregon State commit, but flipped to Iowa in December of 2017. So he's been there a hot minute too. Yeah. And so that one's going to be a fun one to watch, honestly, for I Iowa. Think so too. And I think Spencer Petrus gets it because he's been there for a while. Yeah. He, he just knows the off. system. Yeah. yeah. And and I think you know Kirk uh, Kirk friends the the head coach there like he knows what these guys are capable and I think that's the other thing too is these head coaches know what their quote unquote veterans even their red shirts what their veterans are capable of a lot of these true freshmen like you said earlier they're not going to want to start them because there's just so much unknown can they handle this pressure I don't even know if they can handle a practice yet 
So there's just a lot of that unknown. Mm-hmm. So I think you're going to see more often than not the veteran win the job. But I think that we're going to see a couple battles here where it's going to come. There's going to be some rotating in the first couple weeks, just figuring out who do we go with. Absolutely. Uh, moving on here. Also, we talked about IU a little bit ago. We're talking mm-hmm. about IU's quarterback situation here with uh, Rams Paxton Ramsey. He transferred yeah. out. So then yes, they got two guys here who have both played. A considerable mm-hmm. amount of times, Michael Penix Jr. and Jack Tuttle. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. is a rusher sophomore, and Jack Tuttle is a rusher sophomore also. Yep. He transferred into the program from uh, Utah. So they've got two options there, both a quarterback, and they've both played a significant amount of time. Uh, Michael Penix out of Tampa. This one's going to be interesting too, I think. Yeah, I – Losing Ramsey hurts IU a lot. Um, I do believe that they'll bounce back, but Ramsey was such a critical part of that offense that helped get them to a bowl game. I mean, we we talked about him on the pod last year uh, in the middle of the season and how how good he was with the football, even especially for a school like IU who's not historically known for their football team. He, he really came in and kind of helped change the culture of IU football, which I think, I think we're going to see something completely different. And I'm hoping that Indiana doesn't fall off the radar. I do believe that they are going to lose week one to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's going to be solely because of quarterback play. I no. think there's a lot of other problem areas with Indiana. I, I really, really, for any of my IU fans, I really hope I'm wrong. I want to be wrong. I would love nothing more than to see Indiana pull that upset in week one. It's that so being funny, said, like, like, I have a lot of friends who are IU alums and boosters. Mm-hmm. I've been down to IU. I've lost track of how many times. And yeah. it's so weird because the student section and the fans leave at halftime, usually of every game. Oh, yeah. And so it's interesting, too, because down there at Bloomington, you can leave. You can go out of the stadium at halftime and come back in. So if you want to go to your car, have a couple of drinks, and come back in, you can do that. Most yeah. people just don't come back in. <laughs> and so, and, and Peyton Ramsey did lose that starting job, at, or towards the end of last year, to uh, Michael Penix Jr. Because now, yeah, Ramsey, he picked Northwestern, so we stayed in the conference. But yeah. Penix did finish out the year and didn't play too bad. But you know, coming in. Younger quarterback, only having played half the season, you know, especially at a program that needs all the practice and all they can get, really, uh, they're going right. to they're going to be hurting there a little bit. No, for sure. I think you know, I think Penix, he brings a lot to that offense, and like you said, you know, with him taking that job last year, like they obviously saw something in him that they trust. So that'll be really interesting to see. Like I said, I do. I don't believe Indiana will win that game, but I don't think it's going to be because of the quarterback play. I think mm-hmm. there's some security there with knowing what they have in Penix, but they're going to lose because of a multitude of other reasons. Yeah, there's fix one thing at a time with those with IU. It, well, exactly, and that's and that's got to be the attitude of of the coaches there. They they can't go in and change everything. You have to. All right, let's address this. All right, now let's move on to this. There is a QB battle uh, when we were talking about this earlier. I've been really excited to talk about. 
and that's with UCF. Yeah. I, I don't know if you saw anything on theirs, but there are, there are some, uh, some big names people need to know. Mackenzie Milton, Dylan Gabriel, and Daryl Mack Jr. Mm-hmm. It's, this one's going to be tough because Milton and Gabriel both have a lot of experience in that offense. Um, that being said, Daryl Mack does too. I think McKenzie, depending on his health and if he can bounce back, gets the job back. But Dylan Gabriel helped him go almost undefeated again. Like there's that wasn't a fluke. These guys, Absolutely. I mean, they they know what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I think, where a lot of, lot of, you know, you look at Alabama, for example, they're in that same category where with with Mac Jones, he's played, he knows the offense. Mm -hmm. IU, Penix, he's played, he knows the offense. So there's going to be a lot of guys who have seen time, but they're still not going to be solidified starting quarterback week one or week two. No, absolutely not. And that's and that's the key takeaway here is there's a lot of names. I mean, we could speculate all day and – I think we have a pretty good idea who we think will be starting, but there's a lot of guys who have the potential to start. It just, it's going to come down to how they perform in camp because right now you don't have spring ball. You solely have fall camp. And even then it's, that's not enough. No, especially when you're a high class, high power D one school. Well, exactly. Yeah. Like any of these D one programs, even, you know, even like the UCFs and, and the smaller, the, the other smaller group of five schools, you're playing division one football. You gotta, you gotta be ready to go for, you know, 13 weeks. You got, you gotta just know what you're doing. Without a job. And there's one also, I just thought of Miami. Didn't King from Houston transfer there? Did he? I think he did. Yeah. He did. Yeah. And you know, Tate Martell's there, but he'll never play. No, so, he'll, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what he's uh, Derek King. Derek King, yeah. Yeah. And I think I think that he's probably gonna take that job if if we're you know, if we're being really honest. But or uh sorry, uh I think I think it'll be uh Perry will win that job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think but I but I don't know. I think it's, you know, because you've got, you know, Derek King, you know, from Houston, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just, I don't know. Um, Nikozi Perry started 19 games in the last two seasons. And then Tate Martell, who transferred, like you said. And then you've got freshman Peyton Matocha, I think, is his name. Sounds right. And... But the you know the thought is that Perry could potentially win that starting job, but King looks good from everything that I've read, everything I've seen. King looks like he should win that job, but Perry's chomping, you know, chomping at the bit, nipping at his heels, ready to ready to take that job. Absolutely. So that's all the quarterback battles I had. Okay. Yeah. No. I think, and I think it'll be interesting. You know, if you guys out there listening have any quarterback battles you want us to discuss in the next couple of weeks. Let us know other positional battles, wide receivers, you know, starting running backs. Let us know. We'd love to break those down and take a look at those for you. Absolutely. So we do have some news about yeah. college football since that's, I think that's probably going to be our focus this week, but we do have some news with, in regards to college football, you sent it to me earlier about Mississippi state canceling tailgates. Tailgating. Yeah. 
uh, tailgating will not happen this year at Mississippi State. Uh, not only them, but I've heard Notre Dame as well. They're mm-hmm. not allowing on-campus tailgating, which essentially where Notre Dame is, there's no place outside of campus to tailgate. No, not uh, anywhere convenient anyway. No, not at all. And I've tailgated at their countless times, not being <laughs> far from there. Right. Uh, but yeah, they let's see here. I saw some Twitters from a Mississippi State alum uh, right here. After, consider, after careful considerations regarding the growing concerns of COVID-19, we've made the difficult decision to, to cancel football tailgates for this fall. This is not a decision we have taken lightly and is incredibly important. Uh, and it cuts off there. But uh, this was on the Alumni Association page of Mississippi State. So I think that'll be a growing trend here uh, in the next coming months. Because when you go to big schools like Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, there's 100,000 people in the stands. There's 152,000 outside the stadium just tailgating for the day. So they're going to do their best, the best they can do uh, with keeping people away from each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I – yeah, I mean, like, it makes sense. I get what they're trying to do. And as a fan, I can appreciate that they're trying to take that safety into consideration. So I, I understand it. But I think, you know, Notre Dame doing it, now Mississippi State, those are two big schools. You know, I can only imagine, you know, for us, like a Ball State in Toledo is just going to say, yeah, we're not playing in front of fans. Granted, Mac schools typically don't get a lot of fans out anyway, so it's not going to hurt too much. But there's still something with home field advantage. You know, there's a, even, you know, 15,000 fans in the stands. That's 15,000 people supporting the home team. That's still not easy to play against as an away opponent. No, not at all. And so I don't know. I think we're going to see that pop up more and more and more as we go on. The other thing I've seen, and I shared something about this on, I want to say Facebook the other day but how some of the SEC fans were kind of complaining about not wanting to wear a mask if they, if they get to go to games and stuff. And Mm -hmm. I just kind of laugh because as a former marching band guy, like we would wear these thick wool uniforms in 9,500 degree weather, like head to toe full wool uniforms. Uh, Like, so I just kind of laugh that it's like, look, you know, if they're requiring you to wear a mask, wear a mask, like, that's, you know, I'm not going to say I think it's right. I'm not going to say I think it's wrong. But if a school is requiring you to do something so that you can go and enjoy watching your team, just do it. It's not that hard. Exactly. So speaking of Mac, we have a uh, guest coming on here soon. We do have a special guest coming on here soon for our July segment of Year of Maction. And AJ, this is your school. Yes. Very excited about this one. I uh, took a drive through campus last weekend. Actually, I was on my way back from Indianapolis, and I drove through campus just to check it out. And uh, actually, mainly I wanted to stop at my favorite bakery and get something because it's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which but, is that yeah. bakery? Tell us. <laughs> What's that? What bakery is that? Please tell us. It's called, called Concannons. Okay. It's uh, been in Muncie since like the 50s, I believe, and there's incredible cookies, donuts, you name it, they've got It's incredible. Haven't had in a few years. Figured I'd make a detour off of Highway 69. It's only 13 miles out of my way. No big deal. Uh, <laughs> but drove through campus, checked it out. They're tearing down my old dorm. That was kind of sad to see. Yeah, that uh, sucks. Yeah, I will fall at RIP. Uh, but we do have Ball State's golf coach on. Yes. And so Ball State 
has a new indoor golf facility who I'm really excited to talk to him about as well. Okay. That'll be fun. Yeah. And uh, for those who are listening, his name is Mike Fleck. We are super pumped to have him on. Like AJ said, I, I made AJ the promise that we would, we would try to get our two schools in the first quarter of episodes. And AJ, this is our third Maction episode, 12 teams. I kept my promise. Absolutely. We got him. And I know he's very excited to speak with us. I'm, I'm excited to talk to him about Ball State, Muncie, because obviously my heart is there. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, loved my time in Muncie. My four years were incredible. Uh, but I knew some of the guys on the golf team uh, while I was there. So he'll obviously he was with them. So we can talk about those guys a little bit and uh, some of the success they've had in the MAC over the past couple of years. And I'm also really interested, too, because golf is such an individualized sport. How you mm-hmm. go about recruiting golfers? Yeah. yeah, I'm really, really interested to get into that because you know it's not like you sent. I'm sure you can send some type of tape out, I guess, but it's not like basketball, football, baseball, where they look at your tape and they evaluate you that way. Because, uh, like I said, golf is so individualized. So the whole recruiting process, I'm very excited to talk to them about. Yeah, I would imagine that it's probably a much different recruiting process than what other people would kind of expect personally i think you know it's obviously you can look at stats and numbers and stuff all day but i think because it's so individualized you can you can definitely say okay based off of these numbers this kid is probably doing this we can work with this you want to i think if i'm if i'm recruiting as a golf coach i look at their improvement through their time in high school sure and you look at their you look at their handicap you look at their you know all those things you probably speak to the country club they belong to and their high school coach. And there's, there's probably a ton that goes into it that we don't even know about that we wouldn't think about. And mm-hmm. so uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk about those. Yeah, absolutely. I'm super pumped. It's going to be a good time. Great to have him on really, really learn about learn a little bit more about collegiate uh, the collegiate golf scene. Speaking mm-hmm. of golf, I I'm going to go ahead and announce this anyway, because I'm going to be doing some follow-up this week. The Ladies PGA Tour is hosting a tournament here in the city of Toledo in August. And AJ and I are applying for credentials. And I'll be doing some follow-up work on that this week. So we are excited for that. If we get those, if we get those credentials, we will definitely be doing some live coverage from there. Doing some stuff with the pod on the Facebook page, on the Twitter page. Doing some live stuff for you guys. So hopefully we get that that would be really, really exciting mm-hmm. to, to bring uh, another perspective to another professional sport to you guys that we don't often see. I think the ladies golf is so swept under the rug in terms of visibility. So mm, I think sure. that'll be really cool to, to, to kind of kick that off and hopefully get invited to go do some coverage for that. That'd be a lot of fun. It'd be a great opportunity for us to expand to another, uh, yeah, we can say demographic. Yeah, yeah, demographic. I th- yeah, absolutely. That, something that isn't covered a whole lot. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think it'll be a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to hopefully getting that yes. So, but hey, man, I don't really have much else. I think this, you know, nice, short, and sweet this week. Absolutely. So cool, guys! Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you guys get the chance to check out the Beard Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast. We are looking at doing a few other things down the road here shortly with them. They are our uh, beard cousins, as we call them, and we're excited to 
continue to support them as they support us with the four beardsman sports network. So make sure you guys check them out on Twitter. It's beard brothers FF. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, sheer dumb luck. You can also follow AJ at roughing 55. Uh, make sure you guys continue to check us out on Twitter at college sport pod. We also now have a Facebook page, the college sports connection podcast, Facebook page. We're up to almost 150 followers already. So that's uh, very thankful to you guys for being faithful to us and, helping us out on that front, looking to maybe do some giveaways, do some raffles, maybe some contests during this college football season. I think we, we have a lot in the pipeline to present to you guys, to bring to the forefront and give you guys the opportunity to have a voice in and be a little bit more active as our fans. So we're really excited for sports coming back and bringing, bringing some new stuff in for you. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Just kind, of like you, kind of like you said, we got a couple, a lot of things working here at the, uh, a lot of things brewing, as we could say, and uh, yep. those things will come to more fruition once we have some some sports and things to talk about. We've got sure. NBA coming up here soon, baseball coming up, college yep. football is not far off the horizon, uh, NFL, those guys are getting ready to start workouts and whatnot. So in the next month or so, we'll be able to pick some things up and get some more involvement from you guys, and it uh, should be a lot of fun. Yeah, so cool, man. AJ, did you have anything else to add? I am all set, man. Hey, you guys are Have a happy 8th, 4th of July. Yeah, happy 8th, 4th of July, and we will see you next week.